God is good. Well, you guys ready for our message today? You guys ready for the Word of God? Did you enjoy last week's message? Uh, you kicking off rejection off of your life? You know, it, it, it may not seem like as I preach now that I'm preaching and helping us in the area of a spirit of rejection, but I really am. What, what I'm preaching on now is what we're putting into ourselves the revelation that God is wanting to bring to us now is what keeps rejection off of you. Everybody say amen on that. So we talked about how a spirit of rejection works, how that spirit lies and deceives us. We talked about four doors or things that give it a legal right to operate in our life. And so we went through those four things of how you got to get rid of lies and you got to bring the truth in. And if you believe lies, those lies give that spirit legal access and legal right to you. We talked about number two, that if you have unforgiveness in your heart towards those who have hurt you or those around you, if you're walking angry with people right now as we move into the holidays and you have unforgiveness in your heart, you are giving a spirit of rejection legal right to access you because unforgiveness is rejection. Because you're rejecting them. You're holding them hostage to pay you back for what they've done to you. So if you're angry right now at people, if you're frustrated with people right now, there means there's some unforgiveness in there. And so we need to, and, and when we do not forgive, we give that spirit a legal right, that spirit of rejection, legal right to us. And even to, next Sunday, Chuck and them, they're going to do a special service on forgiveness to break, continue to break down and, get, and break that thing off of us as we move out of giving that spirit legal access. The third area was when we are not repentant, when we do not repent, when we have rejected people and, 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 and we've done things to hurt people and we don't make amends and we stay in, in a place where we do not repent, we don't allow godly sorrow to come up in our lives, it again gives that spirit of rejection legal right to be there. But as you repent, as you go to people and say, God, for, please forgive me, this is what I've done to you, I've hurt you, and I make amends and I truly allow godly sorrow to come up in us, and we repent through godly sorrow, it again breaks that spirit's legal right over us. Amen? And again, it gives us the freedom to walk in freedom. And the fourth area was generational curses. We have to break those generational curses, and, and many of us, our families, have walked in a spirit of rejection. Our families have walked in a spirit of rejection. And so you have to break that. You must repent. You must renounce and break its power over you. We did that in a service here. And then you must replace it. And that's what we're doing now. We're starting to replace all that garbage that we've dealt with over the last three or four or five weeks. And now we're beginning to replace it. But what do we replace it with? We've got to replace it with him. And so we're starting to now go over this thing that we have got to begin to reflect the character of God because what rejection is, is you're actually displaying the character of who? Absolutely. You're in bed with the enemy. And so when you reject other people or you feel rejected from people all the time, you're actually reflecting the image of the enemy because he is the rejector 
And rejection comes from him. Can I have an amen on that? So we've got to start reflecting the beauty of God. And so last week, I showed you this picture of how this is what we're to be. We are to be like these trees. We reflect who God is in our relationships. I said last week, if you show me how you treat people, and I will show you the image you have of God. Do you remember that statement? Show me how you treat people. Show me how your relationships are going. And I will show you the image you have of God. Because if you're critical and you're judgmental, I guarantee you have an image of God problem. And you think God is critical and judgmental of you, and you reflect that glory, (laughs) which I wouldn't call as much glory, and you reflect that in your relationships. So you're critical of your children, you're critical of your wife, you're critical of your mom, your dad, and all your relationships. And so I say, show me how you treat people in your relationships, and I will show you what your image of God is. That's powerful. I hope you chew that for a while. It's really powerful because it is a symptom of how a spirit of rejection might be operating in your life, is how your relationships are going. So we talked about last week how we have got to begin to reflect the character and the nature of God. Is anybody in for that? Well, you've got to know what his character is before you can reflect it, right? And so we're on a quest to discover the character of God. And this was the the theme scripture last week of how I came to that statement is you have to know who he is before you're going to know who you are. And out of Colossians 3, 9, we said, and the passage is, do not lie to each other any longer since you have taken off your old self. Has anybody taken off their old self? When you come to know Christ as Savior... You have just taken off your old self. The old man has passed away. Behold, all things have become become new. And so when we see each other and we see others through the critical eye, we're actually seeing their old man. And the Bible's saying, don't lie to yourself any longer by putting on the old man. I cannot start looking at Chad through the old man. He can't look at me through the old man. Don't lie to ourselves by looking at that. But it says, since you have taken off your old self with its practices and have put on the new self, which is being renewed in knowledge in the image of its creator. So we are being renewed in the knowledge and the image of our creator. Everybody say image. I'm renewed in his image. Say it again. I'm renewed in his image. I am renewed in his image. So this renewal process is where we're at. It is found in the revelation knowledge of his image, his character, his glory. You become like what you behold. Hmm. Say, I become like what I behold. Some of our teenagers are video games. They are becoming video game-ers. Because they behold video games. Some of us are beholding other things. Many people in our culture are are entertainers because all they do is behold entertainment. They love to be entertained. 
If you have a spirit of rejection on you and hanging around your house, you are beholding something. You become like what you behold. So what we talked about last week was Scripture says in this Colossians 3.10, we find that our true identity, my value, my acceptance, who I really am, will be found in the knowledge and the revelation of my Lord's image. So that's the foundation of what we talked about last day, last week. The very core of who I am, the very core of my identity, the very core of my value, the very core of acceptance comes from the revelation knowledge of his image. Once I get that right, I will not feel rejected by you. Even if you reject me, it will not affect me. I can actually get there. I can actually live in a place of not being offended. I can actually live as a Christian in a place where I'm not hurt even if you do reject me. Because I know in, the, the, in who I am, my value, my acceptance based upon who he is and his image. So I've got to discover this. That's why we've got to start putting stuff in us right now. This week, these next several weeks, we have got to begin to find out who God is. And that's what we're doing, right? So to find out who I am, I must discover, I must ponder, I must meditate, I must seek out his image, his personality, his qualities, his glorious, his glory, his radiance, his beauty. I must ponder it. I must meditate on it. I must chew on it. But most people don't slow their life down enough to do that. Most people stay so busy and so consumed with their life and their activities that they do not ever take this time to reflect on the beauty and the image of our God and discover his character, and therefore they stay stunted in their growth and they stay stunted in their value and their identity and who they are. They never get there. And so they always rely on people to get their identity and value from them, how I look, what I wear, what I smell like, what I drive, where I live, the kind of Chuck Taylors I wear, so that I can get acceptance and value from people because I'm not willing to slow down my life enough to get it from him. So we artificially, so we artificially, so we artificially, so we artificially, did I say that we artificially? Have I ever said that? So we artificially get our value and our acceptance and our praise from man rather than getting it from Yahweh. Hmm, Hmm, Scrappy. (laughs) And we don't believe it. And so then when it takes more and more and more praise from man, to make me feel good, and I've got to do more and more stuff, and I have to perform, and I have to perform, and perform, and perform. Do, 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 do. Perform. Am I serving you enough? Am I helping you enough? 
Because if I help you and serve you, then you'll think good of me, and then I feel okay about myself, and so I don't feel so bad because I'm artificially now getting it from Lisa. Because I don't take the time to behold him and his beauty and his glory, to find out who he is. Because once I find out who he is and the beauty of his holiness, I begin to reflect that. And I become those trees that then begin to model and begin to share the glory of God based upon the picture reflecting it off the lake. Man, does anybody want to get there? I'm telling you, I want to get there. Because I'm not there. I'm, I'm, I'm working towards it, and I've seen, I've seen some revelation of who God is. But it's going to require time. So are we going to take a journey? So last week I said, I'm not going on this journey alone. I said uh, last week, is anybody, are there any takers? Anybody going to go with me? Because I'm not going on it because I promise you, you will not. Everybody say will not. You will not get what I'm talking about on a Sunday morning service. You will not get it in our connect groups. It will be part you will see in part and you will know in part. But you will not get it through someone else. Someone else can help you. And I'm doing that helping us to create a desire. I'm trying to stir a hunger. I'm trying to say there's a treasure hunt out, out there. Does anybody want to go with me? I'm a cheerleader for God. And I'm trying to whet your appetite for something that's hidden. And it would be revealed to only those who comes seeking. If you knock on the door, the door will be open. If you seek, you will find. If you, if you seek, you will find. And that door will be open and the light bulb will come on and I will behold who he is. And so we're talking about spiritual disciplines. We're talking about doing things that most Christians in America aren't doing and that's why we're getting what we're getting. If you want to complain about the state of America, you better start complaining about yourself. And quit blaming everything in our culture on everybody else. The church has a problem. And we are not reflecting his beauty and his glory because we don't know what it is. We've lost sight of it. And so, yeah, this is kind of corrective but it's also redemptive in nature, this message, because there's hope. Because according to the Bible, the last scripture we're going to share today, it says that because we have come to know Christ, the veil has been removed. And everybody in the body of Christ, no longer is it through a priest who hears the word of the Lord, that we can all hear God's voice, and that we can all know God, and we can all actually see his vision of who he is and know him. And that's good news. So it's not just the preacher who gets it. It's the student who gets it. It's not just the student who can get it. It's the, it's the college person. It's not just the college person. It's the young adult. It's not just the young adult. It's the adults. We can all get it. I'm excited about it, too. Can you tell? Whew. So this is also about part of this. Romans 12, 1 and 2, 2, well, really 2, is one of my most favorite scriptures, and it's quoted often here. Do not be conformed to the pattern of this world, the image of this world. I'm going to use that word again. Again, whose image are we wanting to reflect? And we got to know what his image is. Now, do we have any problem knowing what the pattern of this world is? The image of this world. Is it knocking on your door all the time? Yes. 
What is the world's image? Rejection. <laughs> Anger. Selfishness. That's a, huh? Revenge. Vindication. Yeah, jealousy. Climb the ladder. Step on whoever you have to. It's all about me. Right? Well, the Bible says through Paul, do not be conformed to that pattern, that image, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. So we're in this renewal of our mind process, and we're going to get it. Can I have an amen? So, oops, go back one. So, last week I said you had homework, and what was the homework? Huh? Seek out who, what God's character is. The homework last week was we're going to start getting in the Word, and we're going to start praying, we're going to start meditating, we're going to start chewing on what is God's character, what is His nature, who He is, His beauty. And as we behold that image of our Creator, we are going to be renewed, and we're going to be transformed, and we're going to become like what we're beholding. Okay. It is hot in here. The furnaces are working. Wow. Anybody else warm or is it me? All you freezing women, we'll keep it warm for you. So, my question is, who did their homework? Who slowed down their life enough to begin the process of discovering the glory and the beauty of our God? Well, I've got about six people who did. And they emailed me and they texted me. And so like I said, I'm not going on this by myself. They're all going to preach today. I've got stuff written down here that they told me this week on the revelation that they got. And it's good revelation. <laughs> Anybody ready for it? All right. Person number one. I'm going to tell their names too because I'm so proud of them. Alan Sexton, where are you? All right. He hates to be brought out in front of public. I don't know if you noticed the anointing on him this morning when he was playing his guitar, but he didn't want anybody to know how anointed he was, so he turned away from us, and he was boogieing on that guitar. Wasn't that good? Man, the anointing was on that, and he just he didn't want any glory because he knows one of the characteristics of God is humility. One of the characteristics of God is humility. But he sent me a text this week. And the ultimate characteristic of God from Alan was God is wisdom. Everybody say wisdom. wisdom. Now here's what he texted me. He said, Eric, God is wisdom. God does not want me to live under any foolish auspices, but rather that I should live with prudence, wisdom, and understanding. He then gave me Ephesians 5, verses 15 through 17. And this is what the scripture said. So see, God's dealing with him that I can't trust in my wisdom. God is wisdom. His very character and his nature is wisdom. And then came scripture to back up what he was getting. Ephesians 5, 15 through 17 says, Be very careful then how you live. Not as unwise, but wise, 
making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish. Foolish is the opposite of wisdom. Can I have a test, test going on that, right? Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. Now, I'm going to stop right there for a second. Paul, in the scripture, is saying, don't be unwise, don't, don't lean to your own understanding, but seek what the Lord's will. So what now we're doing is, Paul is saying, this is what not to do, now I want to show you the glory of God. I want to show you what wisdom looks like. I want, you to show, I want to show you what reflecting my glory is supposed to look like if wisdom is in the heart of the believer. Are you with me? So he goes on in verse 18, and he says, Do not get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Getting drunk is not reflecting the beauty and the glory of the nature of our God. That's a no-brainer. Can I have an amen on that? But if I don't understand that that's not glorifying to God, what do I do? Then it says, instead, be filled with the Spirit. Again, he's reflecting the beauty of a God and saying, be have you been filled with the Holy Spirit? Be filled with the Spirit. Speak to one another in psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. I'm going to speak to Chad in spiritual songs. Ain't the Lord good, baby? Ain't the Lord good, baby? No, that's a new song, right? That's not a very good one. Do we ever speak to one another in psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs other than Sunday morning? How often do you make music in your heart to the Lord? Without the radio? Again, he's given us, Paul is showing us how to reflect the glory of God. Let me think about this. Remember I talked about David last week and how David defeated a spirit of rejection when it came on his. And we found that before the age of 15, he had, he had, he had defeated rejection. What did David do? He wrote most of the Psalms. Was he not an instrumentalist? Do you think David made music in his heart to the Lord? Do you think that might be one way that we get revelation and begin to experience God is through music? How many in here would admit that when man worship music comes on, it opens up your spirit, man? It opens up something inside of you. When we're first born again, I can remember chucking all the old music. And I listened to Christian music all the time. Anybody else? Did it help you make music in your heart to the Lord? Could there be that the Lord is saying wisdom is to reflect God's glory, to get an understanding of who he is and his beauty that we need to make music in our heart to the Lord? Thank you, Chuck. Could you put a direct vent right here? <laughs> then it goes on. It says, always giving thanks to God the Father for everything. I'm starting to see, even in the scripture, the character of God. Making music in God's heart. Zephaniah 3.17. i got to read it. It's one of my favorite scriptures. Zephaniah 3.17 says... The Lord your God is with you. He is mighty to save. He will take great delight in who? Me, in you. He will quiet you with his love. He will rejoice over you with singing. 
Jesus makes music over me. He sings over me. I reflect the beauty of God when I make music in my heart. I don't know if that's where you went with wisdom, Alan. That's where I went. I start to see in all the scriptures this week, it's been amazing. As I've read the scriptures, I'm starting to see the character of God when the, when the scripture, when I read it. It's like these things just begin to pop out of me. God is a thankful God. He gives thanks. We're to give thanks to God the Father for everything in the name of the Lord Jesus. And then it goes into submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. More wisdom, submit to one another. It starts to go into the a passage where it talks about husbands uh, loving their wives, wives loving their husbands, and how you're to reflect God's glory in that relationship. It then goes into children, obey your parents in the Lord. And it talks about this submission thing of how we're to reflect the beauty and the glory of God through our relationships. And so if you read that scripture and go on, it shows the glory of God. It shows his character in how you are to reflect him in your relationships. It means I'm to submit to you, and you're to submit to me. Woo! That means we don't put ourselves first. Okay, are you guys with me? So person number one was that. Wisdom. God is wisdom. And I challenged Alan. I said, go further. Seek God on what he's trying to speak to you about wisdom. That God, the very nature and character of him, if we're going to reflect his glory and his beauty... Here's where I really see the word wisdom coming to play. You guys ready for this? Where I see the, the word wisdom and God being wisdom is if I get a revelation of that, if I really get revelation, I'm going to start seeing that God is where I know to, need to go to for all my source. That I will not lean to my own understanding, my own wisdom, because God is wisdom. And so I will begin to say, what, you know, when say somebody says something about, hey, what do you think you ought to do, Eric? I have no clue. I have no clue what I'm to do. I've got to go to my heavenly Father, for he is wisdom. He is prudence. How many of us make our own decisions? Hello? Do you see that if we don't get the character of Christ as wisdom and the character of God as wisdom, you will make your own decisions? You will freak out and you will go into hyper mode and you will make your own choices because you don't know God as wisdom. Does that make sense? So do you think we need a revelation of God as wisdom? Okay, good. Awesome. Number two. This is a real strange one. Character of God. Person number two. I don't think she's here today. Sandy Dillon. She here? Nope. She got really messed up this week. Anybody like God messing up? God began to deal with her about how God's love is prodigal and how God is my provider. That was the revelation, but I'm going to share how she got the revelation. You guys ready for this? Okay. I highlighted it so I wouldn't forget. We're probably not going to get through all these, but we'll go as far as we can. As I was scrolling through my Facebook feed this morning, I, need some, I read something that stole my attention. A good friend of mine had shared the following status on his Facebook page. God's love is prodigal. 
And then he posted on his page, prodigal means extravagant, lacking restraint in spending money or using resources. God's love and provision for us is extravagant. Now, she said, now I must confess that I first read this post, it stirred in me an accusation, a critical spirit, an injustice, I thought. What does he mean God's love is prodigal? His love has never rebelled, and it has never walked away. If you're saying God's love is prodigal, then aren't you saying God himself is prodigal? Blasphemy. Blasphemy. So, she says, I, I prompt, prompted in part by curiosity and partly due because I wanted to prove him wrong. <laughs> And partially due to my quest to better understand the character of God, I looked up the, the definition of prodigal in the dictionary, and this is what it said. Characterized, characterized by profuse or wasteful expenditure, lavish, recklessly spendthrift, yielding abundantly, luxuriant. Now, the word luxuriant whoop, 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 began to flash, and she began to meditate. She began to ponder the character of God. And she says, God has long been pursuing my heart, but just in this past week, I really began a deeper quest to know his heart. Suddenly, it became very clear to me, due to my own short-sightedness, Coupled with a critical spirit fueled by ignorance and rejection, I had almost tossed aside the very thing I had been asking God for all week. God could not have been any clearer had he been standing next to me shouting, Please know me! I am prodigal! Prodigal, prodigal, prodigal. I want to be forceful. I am an extravagant provider. I do not restrain from pouring out my money and my resources in my provision for you. I yield abundantly, and my provision is luxuriant. There simply are no words that can begin to describe the sense of awe and humility and awe and intimacy, and all, and complete and utter love and acceptance that I began to feel from God that I felt when this spiritual light bulb came on. Oh, my God. You mean me? You mean that word for me? You mean you are my provider and this is the character of who you are as provider and you desire to provide like that for me? You want to be my provider? That you are luxuriant and that your love is extravagant for me? I was suddenly overcome with emotion, sorrow, and repentance. They all welled up inside of me, and healing tears began to pour down my face. 
Forgive me, Lord. Godly sorrow leads to repentance. And as she began to discover the character of God, it began to convict her of how she was representing him. Forgive me, Lord. What a jerk I can be. How wise in my own eyes and prideful I am. How unforgiving and critical I am when my wounds are trampled on by people. How quickly I reject and how even quicker I am to justify my reasons. Forgive me, Lord, for not seeking, for not seeking solace in you, but seeking it in people. Forgive me for not seeking solace in you and for not seeking out reaffirmation of my identity from you. Forgive me again, O oh Lord, for entertaining that wicked spirit of rejection. How many times do we misunderstand or falsely accuse the character of God because we judge him according to our wounded experiences or our view or we view him through tainted and broken lenses? How many people know who God is yet never take the time to truly get to know him? This is where I am right now. I am suddenly very aware of how empty and unfulfilled my life will be, how rejected, how misunderstood and insignificant my life will remain until I intimately know the personality and character of my Lord. The revelation, I underlined this, listen. The revelation of who I am is revealed in the revelation of who he is. The revelation of who I am is revealed in the revelation of who he is. In, it was in his image that he wonderfully knit me together in my mother's womb and set me apart for a purpose that he has destined for me in his heart. It is only through intimately knowing God that I will discover my purpose and my destiny in this life. To the glory of God. Amen. So, she discovered that God's love is so prodigal, and as she discovered his love was so prodigal, she actually saw that he is her provider. Now, for me, as I read that, that revelation I, that I got as I began to meditate on it was nothing about provision. But that was where God was wanting to speak to her. To me, the extravagant love of God. Now, that spoke to me. It spoke to me of his character. And each one of us, we have a, we have a revelation that he's wanting to bring to us. Each one in this room, there is something the Lord is wanting to reveal to you today and this week of his character. There's something that you want to know about God. Now, I'm not going to share the other three people because we don't have time. I'm going to just wet your whistle. Because more coming. Yes, I realize that Lynn's coming next week and preaching, but my guess is because he's an apostle, he's probably going to talk about the character of God because that's all he does. And so next week we're going to discover through Lynn a revelation of who he is for us. If we're listening. But here's the quest. Who's going to email me and text me this week? 
I got five this week. Six. I hope my email gets blown up. I hope the server starts going, man, there's some godly character going on over that way. But I ask you to put it in written form. Don't tell me, oh, this is what God just showed me. That's okay. Start there, but then put it down. Because you know what will happen? I don't have the character of God yet. I don't remember everything. That characteristic of God is not flowing yet in my life. <laughs> he is all-knowing. That was one we were going to talk about today. He's all-knowing. He's omnipresent. He's sovereign. There's all kinds of characteristics of God that we have got to start discovering. Can I have an amen on that? Will you stand with me? Is it okay if I end it right here? I feel the Spirit of God saying right there. Right there. Well, what's it going to be? I love what Danny Silk says. What are you going to do? This is the part of the service where the Spirit of God has to, has to move on our hearts. This is the part of the service where we have to make a commitment. This is the part of the service where you can't go based upon what you intend to do. But on what are you going to do? So if you would just close your eyes right now. I just want to simply ask, what are you going to do? What is the Spirit of God asking you to do this week in discovering the beauty of His holiness? Oh, another characteristic of God. He is holy. In our bathroom, in the men's bathroom, go look at it. It goes over the all, there's a poster in there framed of all the names of God. Maybe you men need to go in there and take a leak. <laughs> Women, after service is closed, you can go in there. Maybe you need to go in there and just look at that poster and say, show me God. Highlight on this poster. What character of you, what name of God do I need to pursue this week? Ooh, I feel the Lord on that. There's going to be some men taking leaks. Mm. Now, Holy Spirit, I don't want to offend you by getting comical as you deal with our hearts. But I ask, Holy Spirit, would you begin to convict us? Would you begin to deal with our lazy spirits? Are, are addicted to entertainment that keeps us from taking the time to seek you and to find you. Forgive us. I think we need to repent. I think godly sorrow is God is wanting to stir godly sorrow in our hearts of, wow, how we have missed out on who God is because we have been so distracted by the cares of this life that we haven't even tried to plant seed in our soil. Or we do it hit and miss. Now here's what I want to say. God, what are you wanting to do in us? Would you just right now make a commitment to the Lord? Would you just begin to say, this is what I'm going to do, Lord. I'm going to seek you, and I will find you. And I will seek you with all of my heart. 
all of my soul, all of my strength. I want to know you. I want to know your character. I want to feel the voids in my heart that have allowed the spirit of rejection to consume me. And I want to know who you are. I want to behold you so that I can become like you. Because once I see who you are, I will be changed. Oh God, forgive us. But Lord, we commit to you today in Jesus' name to pursue your character the next couple weeks. I've invited several men in this church, and I want to invite all the men in this church. I invited several men this past week to go on a journey with me for the next couple weeks to discover God and the characteristic that God is sovereign. What does it mean that God is sovereign? How does the characteristic of God being sovereign affect my life? How do I need to reflect the character of God that He is sovereign? How will it change my life? And then on the, the fourth Sunday, Saturday, when we get together for men's breakfast at the cafe, we're going to talk about the, the, the sovereignty of God. And maybe that's one that you'll need to join with us. What does it mean that God is sovereign? Maybe some of you women, I know there's several women that have started a Bible study. And there, I know Lindy and Sandy are starting a Bible study on the character of God. They're, they're seeking God for His character. Bible studies are great. What is the Lord wanting you to do in discovering the awesome character of God? Now you can look up. Any takers? Any takers this week? you're committing to God to seek out his character and his nature this next couple weeks raise your hand I want to put you on the spot and if you're not serious keep your hand down I'm fine I'm not going to judge you I love you okay thank you looks like we'll have several testimonies coming several revelations well I encourage you obey the Lord this week I encourage you to seek out the character and the nature of our God and get ready because we're going to set this city and this region on fire for Jesus because once we get the character of God and we kick rejection out you can't even evangelize if you got rejection on you we talked about that at the men's breakfast you can't even evangelize because you're so worried about them accepting you that you won't even say hey I think the Lord wants to heal you or he wants to do this in your life you won't even invite people to church because you think they're, that we're too wacky. We are too wacky. We're of a different world. I'm proud of our wackiness. It's part of the beauty of God that he dances over us with singing and we just reflect that glory. Jump up, spin around, get up, get down. God does that. Okay. Well, Father, we release your presence over our lives and I say, God... May your word not return void, but may it accomplish exactly what you set it out to do today. We thank you that the gas leak did not keep us from celebrating today you and your glory. Thank you for keeping this place safe and that you are our safe keeper, that you have given four angels over this church that you prophesied to keep this place safe. And I thank you for your presence. And we thank you that this is going to be a great week as we seek to know you more. 
And so bless the people. May your peace reside on them. And may you illuminate their eyes and give them a spirit of wisdom and revelation this week that they might know you, the living God, more. In Jesus' name. And everybody said? God bless you. We love you.